Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Four Persons Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. Everybody, and welcome to another episode here on the fourpersons.com. Taking it to the streets tonight, we got a real treat for you. And uh, I'm just going to start off with a, a brief prayer, and then I'm going to read a little bit of an article I have, and then I'm going to turn it over to uh, Deacon uh, Dennis Hayes and Brother Tommy to kind of give you a little bit of history. This is this is what I mean by taking it to the streets. Jesus said to to, to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, to visit the prisoners. That's what we're called to do. So if y'all don't mind, let me start off with a short prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O oh, good Jesus, hear me. Within your wounds, Hide me. Never let me be separated from you. From from the enemy, defend me. At the hour 
of death call me and bid me come unto you, that with your saints I may praise you forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So I often use the line, God can use a crooked stick to draw a straight line. I'm not sure why I originally heard that, but as my faith has grown and I see miraculous conversion stories, the the line is always applicable. In the next year or so, I will be covering some some dramatic conversion stories as well as some of the the outreach that I and fellow brothers of St. Dismas um, encounter on a weekly basis. This conversion story, however, is far different than any I've ever heard before. This is the story of how a house was converted from a place of pure evil to a house dedicated to God's work. Allow me just a few moments to to demonstrate the glory and power of God Almighty. I had the good fortune of meeting uh, Brother Tommy on, on Ramsey 2 unit back in, I think it was 2003 or 2004. I had previously been assigned to... Uh, several maximum security units. My conversion is a whole nother story. I miraculously landed on Ramsey too. The timing was just about as perfect as it can get. The Brothers of St. Dismas were, were gaining momentum on this unit, and I got inducted shortly after arriving there. It was while incarcerated on the Ramsey 2 unit that I met Brother Tommy, uh, who you'll hear from here in just a moment, and the Brothers of St. Dismas. We came up with an idea for for what Tommy called CRISP. That stands for Catholic Reintegration into Society Program. And the concept of a monastic-style, faith-based community for released convicts began to take form. This, too, will be detailed in a later uh, episode. I just wanted to demonstrate herein how the conversion of this house began with incarcerated men in a Texas pen. Tommy was released around 2007 and immediately began his endeavors to find a property that could be used for the faith-based community. He was learning and, and moving uh, as he tried again and again and again. Um, in the upcoming months, you, you'll be able to read our, our individual stories and, and see how God himself guided our steps and against all reason or understanding how he brought all of us together to do his will. Since this is the conversion story of the house, I will fast forward, leaving you with the opportunity to see the puzzle pieces uh, just placed together by God himself Um, And then you'll be able to read our individual stories. Uh, For several years, the house at uh, 11315 Forest Valley Drive was a a rent house. And I'm I'm, I'm just kind of going over it the best I know. I'm sure Deacon Denny and and Tommy will be able to give you a full history of it. But it was a rent house, and this house was being used by people, you know, paying rent to sell drugs. Drugs were sold and used on the property, and all the evil and lawlessness and sin associated with the selling use of of meth and other drugs were taking place there. The police would raid the place and take the people to jail, and the landowner would lose money while searching for another renter. And the cycle would begin again and again and again. In in mid to late 2018, a, a big police raid occurred, and the landowner had, had just about had enough. A person I'm going to refer to as AD for anonymous donor bought the property and decided to donate it to the Brothers of St. Dismas. The Brothers of St. Dismas and many volunteers from St. Maximilian Kobe Catholic Church can uh, conduct several retreats uh, to the prisons throughout the year, and initially – the thought was to flip the house and use the profit to assist these volunteers who normally have to come out of pocket to make these retreats possible. The voice of uh, Brother Tommy and the heart of Deacon Dennis Hayes prevailed, and the house was blessed, and the decision was made to make the house the location for the monastic-style faith-based community for ex-convicts. A lot of back-breaking labor went into making the former drug house a suitable place for men to live, 
and I believe it was January 6, 2019, and I'm sure they will correct me if I get the date wrong, but that former dope house was approved by the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles to house newly released convicts and Kobe House, a faith-based monastic-style living program to reintegrate men newly released from prison into society was born. It's going on like four or five years now, and this this is the only house that has a 0% recidivism rate. That's unheard of. The Houston Brothers of St. Dismas meetings are conducted there, and, and these men live for God and his church. Their entire structure is patterned after a working monastery. They read scripture, pray together, go out and work, volunteer their extra time and energy to feed the homeless and, and other uh, uh, things that are good for society. Then they pray together some more. They build a chapel in the backyard where mass is held every Tuesday. God, God often uses a crooked stick to draw a straight line. These guys now bring clothes and food to the homeless. Guys who did decades in prison are now living for Jesus Christ. Uh, a second house has recently been opened in Huntsville, Texas. For for more information, check out KobeHouseTex.com. That's K-O-L-B-E-O-U-S-E T-X.com. Now, without further delay, let us bring on both uh, Deacon Denny and Brother Tommy. Deacon Denny, uh, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Uh, pretty good, brother. Uh, what I would like for you and Tommy to do is kind of, because I would like a little bit of a history about the Brothers of St. Dismas and the Kobe House. And in your opinion, what what is being what's being done now, and 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 what makes this this uh, house so successful? Go ahead, brother. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll do the uh, um, I'll do the retreats, the Brother Saint Dismas, and Tommy can pick up on the Colby House. How that happened? Well, the, the, sounds the, good. The, um, okay, the Brothers of Saint Dismas retreat program started basically back in two thousand one. And the idea was that there were um, lots of Protestant programs, Kairos in particular, that ran a retreat program. But every time I was on a Kairos retreat, the Catholics would come up and say, why can't we do this for Catholics? And over and over and over again, um, we didn't have a good answer. So in 2001, we came up with an answer, and that was to um, do a weekend retreat inside prison called the Brothers of St. Desmond. And that started out, we were going great guns. We were doing four retreats a year. It was, in, uh, we're uh, currently in, we're in 18 different units in, uh, uh, in Texas. And uh, we have over 4,000 members. So what happens is it starts out, and we have, we're the only uh, co-ed team that actually goes in as a co-ed team. The men and women uh, go in, and they sit at the tables, and they discuss the, um, uh, they discuss the faith. There's witnesses given by the various volunteers, ministers, and uh, the men. And it just uh, sets them on fire. So they're they're going real strong. And then uh, uh, after that, they get inducted into the Brothers St. Dismas. So it becomes a Christian or a Catholic fraternity inside inside um, inside prison. And there's follow-up meetings either once or twice a month. And during that time, we we pray. We um, uh, we get personal witness. We sing songs. Uh, we have a, a faith formation component in those meetings. And at the end, we uh, we expose the Blessed Sacrament, and we uh, expose and adore the Blessed Sacrament for about 30 minutes, and that's how we close the meetings. And that's been uh, very successful. That's going real good. In fact, uh, one of our flagship units is called the WIN unit. There are uh, 100, 160 brothers of St. Dismas that regularly attend those meetings. And the hope is, and this is the men's hope, uh, they came up with a goal of hitting 300 Brothers of St. Dismas in that unit by the end of the year. So, uh, And so those things, once they get out of prison, though, uh, they, they get out of prison, then they have the opportunity to come to the Colby House and, and join in the Colby House. And, and uh, that has just been a miracle unto itself. And I'll pass the, pass the mic over to, um, I'll pass it over to Tommy so he can kind of fill you in on the, on the beautiful things that happen at the Colby House. 
Tommy, if you could, right. give us the history from the beginning, brother. All right. Uh, like you were saying earlier, the, the Kobe house was a mess house. It was uh, everybody knew in the neighborhood what was going on. Uh, they raided it, raided it the final time, and this time they blew the door off the hinges and everything else. And uh, it came up on the market, and I was working for a couple at the time and had remodeled a home for them that they donated to unwed mothers in the Catholic faith. And we were going to flip this house and split the profits and me doing the work and them being the financers. And the morning we were supposed to uh, sign the paperwork, they called me and said, we're not going to do it. And my heart fell out from under me because, you know, I thought I was moving up in the world. And after a hesitation, they said, what we're going to do is we're going to donate that house for your first halfway house. Because <laughs> for, for uh, 11 years that I was out of prison, uh, since I had done my time in 2007, I got out. That's all I talked about and uh, was opening this halfway house. Now, the, the idea of the halfway house actually come about from Brothers of St. Dismas while I was on a Ramsey too. Carrie was very uh, active in helping us with that. It was a joint effort between several of us brothers, and we reviewed and came up with the rules and what we would be willing to do, you know, ourselves when we got out, how much we were willing to provide. And, uh, so that's where the concept come from. And I still have the original documents from when, when I got out with all the rules and everything. And we're still running it according to the way that the, the brothers on the inside had set it up, uh, you know, a plan of action type of business plan. So it uh, took about a year to remodel the house. We went in, we stripped it down to the two-by-fours uh, and made the house on the inside look like a brand-new house. And so when somebody walks in, they say, wow. And uh, let's see. <clears throat> Then from uh, there, uh, we got approved for to be a TDC transitional facility and started taking in our first brothers. And in since uh, then, we've had, like you said, zero recidivision rate. Um, nobody's gone back, praise the Lord. But it's not just a halfway house. That's that's the big thing. It's not a halfway house. It's a house where from the time a man gets out of prison, we pick him up as they walk out the gate. And from that time, we tell them right there, you know, you're going home. You're not going to a halfway house. You're going home. It might only be your home. You know, for a few months, or it might be your home for years. It depends on you. And that really lifts their spirit. The first thing we do is try to uh, help them with their self-pride and self-love and build them up as a man in the Lord and through the Lord. So, but... We perch, uh, we help them get all clothes, uh, all their IDs, and we personally take them to where they have to go for the first several weeks. Uh, they don't pay any type of fees for the first several weeks until they get a full-time job and get their first full-time paycheck. Um, and then from that point, they, they pay $100 a week uh, program fees. 
and most of the foods, like all the meats are provided for them. Uh, they basically only have to buy any specialty foods they want for like lunches and stuff. And like you were saying, Tuesday nights, we have mass. Wednesday nights, we have what we call pizza, prayer, and popcorn, uh, which is a Bible study. But uh, we sit around and eat pizza and popcorn uh, through the Bible study. And and then on Sunday, everybody has to go to Mass. Uh, And then we have regular meetings in the chapel. They do their AA right there on site. So they don't have to go to other AA meetings. Um, But Tommy, could you can you speak a little bit towards the? uh, Can you speak a little bit towards some of the uh, some of the the uh, activities that y'all do, um, like feeding the homeless? Because that that really touches me. That the guys that have been locked up for ten, twenty years, they get out and right away they're they're feeding the homeless. Can, can you touch on that a little bit? Right. Several uh, churches and other nonprofit organizations will get together and they donate pull-top cans, crackers, uh, different snacks. Uh, we've moved into even uh, large boxes of cereal and stuff. But basically we started out with just a care package and hygiene and we were going down and passing out three to 500 bags one Saturday a, a month. Uh, and we kept asking the people, what do they need? And the main thing was socks. And uh, so we started doing sock drives. And the churches would send us, you know, 1,000 pairs of socks a month. And we started passing them out. And then we started getting clothes donated. So now we do anywhere from three to 500 uh, care packages. Plus we do uh, 36 of those black, large black tubs that you get at Home Depot uh, full of clothes. And we lay them out and they go through them and they all find clothes. We do uh, blankets when it's cold. Uh, coats, jackets, and uh, the guys, when they go down there, especially the first time they go down there to help us distribute, most of them cry because they realize that how blessed they have it to be at Kobe House and not be on the street. And most of us have all met somebody down there or several people when we're distributing uh, that we knew when we were in prison. And, you know, it's the guys just come back. And once they go once, they can't wait until the next time we go because they want to be a part of that. They just learning to give back to society. Um, Deacon? Yeah, I just yeah, uh, want to... Uh, uh, Deacon Denny, um, I want you to kind of, because you, you're way more knowledgeable about, you know, uh, doctrine and Catholic theology than probably anybody on right now. I want I want you to kind of speak to um, what's what's actually happening as far, you know, what I mean by that is like, when when I go and and help when I've helped y'all uh, feed the homeless, I mean, it, it 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 touches me in a way that's indescribable. I, I want if you could kind of touch on the reason why this is beneficial for for the guys who have just gotten out of prison. Yeah, I I think uh, so often so often we think that uh, these these ministries that these uh, like Crisp, you know, reintegration uh, programs are all uh, give, give, give to them, and they take, 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 you know. But uh, these these homeless outreach programs that we run, 
Those are to teach them what, what is a good Catholic man supposed to be? What is a good follower of Jesus Christ supposed to be? And that's someone that's loving God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then loving their neighbor as themselves. To uh, know God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then make him known to others. And one of the best ways we can talk until we're blue in the face, but the best, the best sermon, the best gospel, the best homily is one that's seen, not heard. When you're handing canned goods to somebody that's homeless and living under a bridge, when you're handing clothes to them, when you're giving them a blanket when it's cold, when you're giving them water when it's hot, you're doing that thing. That is sending a powerful, powerful message, uh, more powerful than, than words, because they know that we're putting our, uh, we're putting our faith to work. It's not just being a hearer of the, the word, it's a doer of the word. And like in, uh, in uh, Gospel of Matthew 25, that's real famous, that's the corporal works of mercy. Jesus never said, go feed the hungry, clothe the naked, give drink to thirsty, shelter the homeless. He never said that. He said, I was thirsty. I was hungry. I was uh, homeless and you sheltered me. I was naked and you, uh, and you cl- gave me clothes. I was in prison and you came and visited me. I was in a nursing. I was sick and you came and visited me. You know, see, the thing is, so when, uh, and we, we teach that a lot when we're working with, with uh, people in need, is when you give that clothing or help them find, uh, you know, the right clothes for them or, or you give them a pair of shoes or you give them a, a you know, a bag of, uh, of food, you're not giving it to them, you're giving it to God. You're giving it to Jesus Christ himself. And, and it's one of the requirements of our salvation, believe it or not. Jesus said, if you don't, if you do these things, you'll, uh, you'll inherit the kingdom of God. If you don't do these things, you won't. You won't. So the idea is not only are we we're doing it because we want to, we're doing it because we're called to do it by God. We're commanded to do it by Jesus Christ himself. Why? Because he first did it. He first showed us the way, the truth, and the life, and showed us how to take care of one another. You know, Jesus was into uh, one of the many things he was into, is restoring the kingdom of God here on earth. And that would be a place where there's universal brotherhood where we're all taking care of each other. We're putting other, other people's needs first. When we see somebody in need, we help them. When someone gets knocked down, we're there to pick them up. And we're there to do it as a community. And that's, that's what happens at, uh, at, at the Colby House. Another thing, just some, some uh, story about, there was one guy, uh, he came up, and it was middle of winter, and it was, it was cold. You know, even for Houston, it was cold. And the wind was blowing under the bridges, screaming on the bridges. So it was really cold, uh, wind chill. And here this guy comes up to where we're giving out food and, and clothing. And, well, actually, we're just giving him food at that time. And he comes up, and he's got two trash bags taped onto his feet. And we ask him, well, what, what's going on? Where are, you, where are your shoes? He says, well, I lost them. or Someone stole them. Or I can't find them. So, and this is, how, this is how God works. This is how God works. Oscar, one of the guys at the house, he says, well, uh, what, what size shoes do you wear? Well, I wear a size 12. And he says, well, we don't have any shoes. I'm sorry, but, um, and it was just like, as soon as he said, I'm sorry, a guy pulls up and he, it's totally unrelated to what we're doing. And he said, I just got some stuff to, do, uh, to donate. He said, pops the trunk and he said, and Oscar, do you got any shoes in there? Yeah, yeah, sure do. There's a size 12 in there. So he oh, grabs a size wow. 12, runs it over, gives this guy, it was like a miracle. It, well, it, well, it wasn't yeah. kind of a miracle. It was a miracle. And this guy put him on that message, the message of love and salvation and hope. That message was more powerfully given to him than any words that were heard heard the next day in the homilies and the gospels. I mean, that's that's Jesus right here, right now, giving out the message of love and the message of hope and joy. And and Amen. so that guy was dancing down the street. Yeah, it was it was great. Uh, another, uh, you know, yeah, go ahead. Do, do you mind if I uh, if I open the lines up and let folks uh uh oh, yeah, um, sure, sure. question you? I know John wanted mm-hmm. to say something. Uh, John, come on in. Well, Deacon um, and Tommy, I'm just uh, just listening. I'm totally enthralled at what you're doing here, and I just I just think it's it's marvelous. And um, something that you mentioned, Deacon, about uh, loving God with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, and our whole strength. Uh, little chuckle because that's what the four persons is based on. That's what we founded this apostle John is those four persons and how um, they all have to be healthy because Jesus said he wanted our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, our whole strength 
60% of one and 38% of another. Um, so they all have to be healthy and they all have to be in unison and you have to take care of all of them and give them totally to God. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, that you brought that up. The other thing is, um, me and Terry have known each other for a few years now, and this is exactly the kind of thing that we wanted to get involved in. So I want to hear you and Tommy talk about how we can use this medium and, and, and YouTube and Twitter and blog talk radio and all these mediums and these technologies to kind of help out with what you do as far as getting the message to people and getting people involved. And, uh, I'll put myself back on mute because I want to hear your hear your thoughts on that. Well, one of the things that uh, recently we did at the uh, at the Colby House, we bought uh, what's called a video studio, and it basically it's a camera, tripod, lights, uh, microphones, and uh, we bought it used from a guy. And uh, what we're doing is learning how to record things. So everything that we do, be it uh, efforts out in the streets or under the bridges or um, you know, uh, special projects that we do. Like like another thing we do <coughs> is we have a silkscreen machine, and we silkscreen all of the shirts for the, the Walk for Life. And uh, we, we we get the donor to give us the shirts, and then Tommy and the guys there, they silkscreen a, a, a beautiful pro-life message onto these shirts. And then those are given out to the people that walk and fundraise for the uh, crisis pregnancy clinics here in Houston. Uh, so, you know, it's just many things. Like anything we can do, to, to plug in is is what it's it's really all about. But if if we can record things about what the effort is and get the message out, one of the one of the biggest problems that we have is getting the message out. And doing this is a powerful way of doing it. Uh, but also also uh, recently in Texas they started handing out uh, iPads or uh, you know tablets. So everyone, you know the inmates are getting tablets. So the idea is building Catholic content that can be sent in and be approved to be put on those tablets, then they can, you know, it's a forced multiplication. You know, this show, for example, it's being recorded, could be sent in and people that weren't able to hear it can now hear it. And <laughs> likewise, things on YouTube as well, getting that, those, um, the message of the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, where is Jesus in this world? Well, I'll tell you, he, he lives at Colby House and he works uh, and he guides the, the men, you know, myself, uh, Tommy, he guides us in, in how we're going to rebuild the kingdom. We're going to rebuild the kingdom. One man building his faith, his strong faith, like I say, having a healthy faith and, and strength by building one man with a strong faith. And one of the ways you do that is with strong service to the Lord, being obedient to the Lord and being strong and, and following that and responding to that call. Uh, well, and that's, that's, I just um, want to tell you, go ahead. I just want to tell you, Terry will I'll be in touch with you and he'll be in touch with me. And, and I want to pledge anything that we can do, anything that you feel that we can do, you just have to name it, and and we'll do it. We'll kind of figure out how we can work together to make this happen. You create the content, and we'll create the platform to get it out there. Uh, so you've got okay, uh, my pledge to help you any way we can. That is, that hey, is a wonderful I would, I would commitment. Like to, I want to add just just a little little tidbit because – so I became Catholic on, on Beetle One unit, right? And uh, I was a gang leader. And uh, so I, when I got to Ramsey too, I was already Catholic. I had been praying, Lord, you know, I, I can't make it on this unit. I can't be a solid Catholic on this unit because I can't turn the other cheek. I had I wasn't strong enough yet. And on Beetle One, it's, it's what they call a gladiator unit. I just couldn't do it. And there's no, there's no reasonable, uh, logical way to explain how somebody like me who had been segregated twice, was a gang leader, was considered a, a, a malcontent within the, the Texas penitentiary, there's no way I was supposed to go to a Ramsey too. Somehow, some way, miraculously, God sent me to Ramsey, Ramsey too, and you know, and my 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 faith wasn't strong yet. And and Deacon Denny, uh, Brother Tommy, the brothers of Saint Dismas, they lit a fire within my soul that 
regardless of the and the devil has tried over and over regardless of the satanic attacks uh, upon my faith has not been extinguished to this day deacon denny uh, and and all of the, the those who who go out and minister in the in the prisons you don't always get to see the fruit of your labor but believe me that fruit does bud uh you don't you don't get to see the you don't get to see the 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 results of your labor but but believe me those results they do take place uh one Paul said one plants the seed one waters you know and 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 you don't always get to see it but it happens it happens Deacon Denny and I oh, I want to thank you I want to thank you brother Tommy you was a convict just like me and I want to thank you I mean it, it's hard on a lot of prison units to find solid Catholic doctrine. It's hard because the prison is run by somebody who is uh, overtly a a rebellious Protestant, somebody who just rebels for no logical reason against the Catholic Church. And it's, uh, Deacon, it's hard to find. Go ahead. Deacon, could I uh, get you to do, do something real quick? Because... We never know who's going to tune into these shows, whether it be, uh, uh, you know, a baby Catholic or a nominal Catholic or somebody who's not Catholic at all. So we've been talking a lot about St. Dismas and St. Colby, and I know who those who they are. But if you could, for our, for our listeners who are not familiar with those two saints, could you just give them a, a, a real quick uh, rundown? Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, Father Maximilian Colby. He was uh, a 20th century uh, a priest. He was uh, incarcerated. He was a Polish priest, Polish Catholic priest, in Pol- uh, and lived in Poland. And he was a um, outspoken. Uh, he was outspoken against the Nazis. As a result of that, he was arrested and he was put in uh, Auschwitz, uh, the, the concentration camp in, in Auschwitz, and. Um, one day there was a prison break and a man escaped. And one of the punishments for that barracks where he had escaped from is that one in 10 men were going to be killed. Well, there's a guy named Francis Gajovnicek who um, he was going to be, um, he was going to be one of the ones executed. And he said, don't take me. I've got a family and a wife and kids. And so father Maximilian stood up and says, I'll take his place in the starvation bunker. You can kill me instead. And they said, well, who are you? He said, well, I'm a Catholic priest. And that was just, that tickled the Nazis because they're going to kill a Catholic priest. Well, they put him in a, a starvation bunker, and it took 13 days for them to to uh, eventually all die. And then he was still alive, but then they gave him a lethal injection and, and killed him. Well, then um, uh, years later, he was, um, he was canonized by Pope uh, John Paul II. Uh, you know, and he was a 20th century. He wasn't a guy 500 years ago. He was. It was in the 1940s that he was killed. But the, the guy, Francis Guy Michek, the guy that he saved, came to uh, Houston um, oh, years ago. And he, uh, went, well, our church is called Max, uh, St. Maximilian Colby, after Father Maximilian Colby. And he, um, he told the story about how, how, uh, how uh, Father Maximilian uh, stood up and took his place and, and gave his life for him. So that's, wow. that's Maximilian Colby. And it was just... Maximilian Colby, by the way, is the patron saint of uh, prisoners and of uh, especially people on death row that are going to face lethal injection because he faced it. So he's, he is the patron saint of, of both prisons and prison ministers as well. Uh, as far as St. Dismas goes, well, he's kind of an interesting character, and he is – you want to talk about a guy that's in the right place at the right time. He lives <laughs> a life of – and, you know, he's commonly referred to as the good thief. Now – when, and, and when we do these retreats and we start to explain, who was St. Dismas? We'll get somebody, all, you know, you'll have about a dozen hands go up and they'll say, hey, Deacon, Deacon, if he was a good thief, he wouldn't have been caught. But alas, he was caught. <laughs> so the, um, yeah, he's a repentant thief. Maybe that's what, but he was probably a lot more than a thief. They weren't hanging thieves on the, on the cross for public uh, torture and, and death. So he was probably probably a murderer, probably led some of the uh, rebellion against the Roman occupation. So he probably had a, a lot more violent history than just being a thief. 
Anyhow, so he's hanging on the cross, and he is he is not a he's not like a follower of Jesus Christ at that time. But on the cross, at first he mocks Jesus, but then he says, um, "Jesus, remember me when you go into your kingdom." And um, Jesus responds, "Today I will see you in paradise." And at that last moment, the moments before Jesus and Dismas die, Dismas has been redeemed. And in effect, he's been canonized. You know, I, I sometimes get into uh, arguments about, um, you know, who was the first, um, who was the first saint canonized by the church? Well, uh, I guess it's St. Stephen, but by the church. But then I said, well, no, it's actually this, Dismas was the first, first saint that was canonized. And he was canonized by Jesus Christ himself on the cross. It was one of the last things Jesus did is, is forgive this guy's sins and uh, assure him a place in eternal happiness and paradise. So mm-hmm. that's who Dismas. Now Dismas, yeah, again, he wasn't like one of these, um, he wasn't a uh, you know, follower of Jesus. But at the very end, he, he gave his life to Jesus. He said, remember me. Just remember yeah, they, me when they, you go heaven. They call him the thief who stole heaven. <laughs> That, that's that's right. right. That's right. That's still heaven. The fathers of the that's church cool. they they didn't really like uh, business being a saint. Yeah, Some of the great right. writers right. of the church mm-hmm. were business being uh, a saint, but Jesus had done it, so they couldn't really argue it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the two. We use business as an example of. Um, regardless of what we've done, if we can come before Jesus, repent of our sins, turn away from those sins, and walk in his light, he will bless us. He will bless us and give us the grace, and he'll give us the strength, as well as he'll give us the hope to continue. You know, there's a lot of times we've got to do a lot of amends, you know, um, you know make, make things right in our lives, you know, for, in our past lives. But Jesus will help us. He'll give us the strength to get through the day and and. Help us fight any addictions and temptations. You know, he, Jesus was victorious on the cross, and that's the important thing. He was victorious on the cross, and he calls us to follow him because he was victorious, and he wants us to likewise be victorious in our lives so that we can spend the, all of eternity with him in, in heaven. And that's, that's the beautiful message, especially with Dismas. Dismas definitely didn't earn his way into heaven. He may have stole it, but he didn't earn it. So, it, uh, so those are the two that we once called Colby House. Uh, after St. Maximilian Colby. Oh, another thing to mention about the community, the, the beautiful thing about our program is that it has, number one, it has an internal community, that's the residents of the, of the house, but also it, it, it invites men from St. Maximilian Colby, which is several miles down the road, and those men come over and regularly attend the Mass on Tuesday, the Pizza Parent Popcorn on Wednesday. They help with building projects, and they even help with the homeless outreach. So it's not just it's not just the guys at the house are doing it. It's guys outside the house that are free worlders that are also helping out. And that, that beautiful thing uh, connects the guys inside the house. It connects them with the free world and uh, because they belong not only to the Dismas community, but they also belong to the church community at, at, um, at St. Maximilian. And they're hey, Deacon, uh, Deacon for, for those who are interested in uh, – Supporting or, or getting involved with the Brothers of St. Dismas, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, uh, 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 first of all, uh, you can uh, go on to our website, which is K- Colby House TX. So it's K O L B E House, H O U S E T X dot com. And there's a donate button there that you can, of course, place. <laughs> but then also there's there's different um, uh, jobs like uh, correspondence with the, the men inside. Getting a letter from the outside is 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 gold to these guys. That uh, so often their families have have washed their hands of them. But you know, communicating with them, we've got lots of, like I said, we got four thousand men uh, that have gone through the induction into the Brother Saint Discus, so they can help. There's lots of things. If you live in the the Houston area, come by the houses and participate in those programs and. Uh, the Wednesday night program, the Peach Parent Popcorn, the Tuesday night mass. Uh, and then there's a host of projects that we have going on. We're building a computer lab uh, at, the, at the Colby House. We're building a social ministry workshop, which will help us manage all of our homeless outreach programs, as well as, uh, you know, there's a whole host of uh, social, uh, social outreach programs that we do. 
Uh, and then also just uh, continuing developing. The house is pretty much almost built out. The 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 uh, the chapel is built out, and it, the chapel is a beautiful testament to what these guys can do. Uh, one of the guys came out. He had some uh, you know, construction experience, and the guys themselves, the guys themselves, built this 40-person chapel. A 40-person chapel, and it's even got a steeple on it. The Knights of Columbus donated money for us to uh, buy a steeple and put a steeple on top. It looks like a church. It has an altar that was uh, donated by an expert carpenter. We've got pictures on the wall of um, Maxine Colby and Padre Pio that were drawn by one of the guys inside the house. So it's, it's um, uh, you know, it's just one miracle after another. It's just, uh, and that, oh, and the, the chapel is called the Chapel of Divine Mercy because the first sacrament that was, the first sacrament that was celebrated in the chapel was confession, was the sacrament of reconciliation. And then we had a mass. But the, it was the house or the chapel is designed and the house too is to be a place of healing where people can come and heal and, and find peace. It's a place of peace and healing. And that's and it's really been doing that. Uh, we use the so house can, for um, – go ahead. If, if, uh, so say somebody in Illinois, Wisconsin, or, you know, some, some other state other than Texas – really likes this idea and 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 uh wants to uh maybe start a brothers of saint distance in their area could they go to that that website and and message you and and uh and and get some instruction on how to do that yeah we yeah. have a we have a what's yeah we have a manual that describes the the program and the induction and the um how the retreats are run uh you know it's in a manual uh, as well as how they can advance to the various degrees of the program. And, Tommy, you want to talk more about that? Um, yeah. It, uh, we will work personally with them if they call us. Uh, I, I spend hours a week working with people that are looking into starting uh, a uh, Brothers of St. Dismas or a halfway house, and we're totally uh, reproducible. I mean, it's such a simple program because it all works, you know, scripturally. Uh, But I'd like to say about the donations, nobody in our organization is on salary. Everything goes towards the men being released from prison or for the retreats. Okay? Nobody... uh, is on salary, so you know that uh, I volunteer all my services. Uh, Deacon Denny volunteers his. Everybody else is all volunteer. Nobody has a paid position. So let me let me clarify, Tommy. So if um, so, say I want to donate, you know, X amount of dollars, but I want it to go to a certain cause. Like say I want I want to donate. X amount of dollars to feed the homeless. Could I earmark that in there? Or if I wanted to say, like, uh, I want to, you're the manager of the house, so I want to donate X amount of dollars to the manager of the house. So I want to donate X amount of dollars for whatever. Can I earmark well, that in my donation? Yes, you can. Uh, uh, I'm not sure that it's on. Uh... PayPal to donate it to a specific special cause. If you do uh, the contact, that's there also. Um, you can put in there that you want it donated to that cause, or cause call me and it will be donated to that cause. Now, if you donate it to the manager of the house, I'm going to be truthful. Uh, that would be me, and I'm going to turn around and put it back in the bank to the ministry. <laughs> hey, hey, Deacon and Tommy, if if I could interject for a second, um, I want you guys to get with Terry, and I want you to send us a, a script that describes briefly what you do, how people can get involved, how they can donate, and we'll take it. We'll put some background music to it. We'll make it into a like a a public service announcement or commercial 
and and we'll play it on our shows, and it'll be oh, it'll be wonderful. something that that will uh, you know help people be informed about what you do and how they can donate. That would be wonderful. I, I would like to reiterate, John, uh, being able to receive sound Catholic doctrine in prison. Uh, a, a lot of our Catholic brothers and sisters, they, you know, of course, they they probably never can never imagine prison life, right? But being able to receive sound Catholic doctrine in prison is is a blessing in and of itself. Because I mean, look, at, we're, we're facing in this world outside of prison. We're facing de- demonic forces that that are unparalleled in in history. Mm-hmm. In prison, multiply that by ten, okay? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the the demonic forces mm-hmm. want to stamp out the Catholic faith wherever it is, especially in prison. Because, I mean, let's just be honest, that is their stronghold. You know what I'm saying? So. Being able to receive sound Catholic doctrine is is in prison is is it's amazing. It's a miracle in and of itself. I, I just wanted to interject that. Now, John, I know you got some other callers on the line that might have some questions for uh, Deacon Denny or Brother Tommy. Um, you want to bring them on? Yeah, we got the area code two eight one. I think I know who this is. We'll see. Area code 281, you're on. Hello. Who is this? It is the only Catholic network on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for calling. Yeah, I thought it was a troll, and it turned out it was. So uh, go ahead. Please continue. Uh, okay. All right. Um, Dickie Denny. Um, yeah. what, what are your what are your goals moving forward uh, with this program? Well, right now we're um, we want to finish the the Colby House campus, which means you know completely finish the house. The um, and then we want to do the finish. The, we want to build a computer lab in the garage, and finish and do the social ministry uh, outreach uh, workshop. And have those done. Then that property, well, and then we want to build something. We've got some undeveloped uh, property in the back, in the back. But that will be probably like a, a meditation area that uh, we'll have, like, stations across and such. But it'll be pretty – and then we want to, you know, maybe put in some storage and such. But, but that will pretty much finish that. Then there's the Dismas property where uh, – is, is down a couple blocks away. And there we currently have um, – we have five trailers – that are like field offices for well site uh, work. And we got those uh, very cheaply and we want to sell them and then turn that, uh, put a double wide trail to hold six more guys on that property. And then uh, eventually add a vocational training center to that property as well. So that's, that's the uh, big goal. Uh, we have the property, the distance property was likewise donated, but um, uh, so finish that. And then the third property is, is the, um, uh, is the St. Anthony house. And that's on a one acre property up by Huntsville in a place called Riverside. And there we have, uh, currently have a double wide there to hold uh, uh, six guys. And so that's, uh, that's already occupied and that's up and running. That's been approved by TACJ, Texas Department of Criminal Justice. So that's, uh, and then behind that, we want to put in a little, um, put in an RV, not an RV park, but like tiny home, about four tiny homes that'll hold two guys a piece. So that'll be eight more. Uh, but then uh, the big move, the big move, and I'll let Tommy talk about it, is the Kobe Village. And I'll let, let Tommy talk about the, the, the our our big project. Kobe Village uh, is going to be in, uh, hopefully on 10 acres. In uh, one section of it, phase one will be one or two double wides where we can house anywhere from uh, 6 to 12 men, plus commercial workshop areas where we can train the guys in carpentry, welding, electricity, or electrical, and they'll actually build the tiny homes 
that'll go into phase two. Once they get out of the program, if they don't want to go back into society, which most of our men don't, then they'll be able to have their own tiny homes on the property. And then third phase is a monastic uh, area for those that really want to get deep in the faith and only do ministry uh, and live live basically a monk-style life. And that's called Kobe Village. That's the big dream. Yeah, and all the, all these things are are designed because what we what we have come to the conclusion after doing this for twenty years is that uh, men can be very devout in their faith when they're inside prison, but if they don't have a place to go to that'll help them uh, continue to grow in their faith and and grow grow strong and and help them with their reintegration into society. Uh, they're, they're still going to fail. They're going to fail at a lower rate than unchurched men coming out, but they'll still fail at too high of a rate. And what we're, you know, Tommy mentioned early on is we've had nobody go back. Nobody's gone back to prison. Nobody's reoffended. No one's violated parole. And I think it's, I think it's partly, yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of it's due to that there's God in, in their lives and God is in the home. And it's a, it's a faith-based community where God is present. And, uh, and Deacon, that zero percent recidivism rate is like almost unprecedented, right? That's yeah, that's 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 a, a miracle. That's a miracle. Can, that's can I add something in here? Can I add now, something real b- quick? Before you can, b- before you continue, Tommy, just want to let everybody know we're down to three minutes on the live stream. So if we go, it'll go into the archive, but we're going to lose the live stream in about three minutes. Just want to let you know. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, when when the gentlemen leave our house or their house, we want three things to be completed. Number one, they have a good, uh, decent vehicle that can be depended on. Two, they should have many funds in the bank. And Three, they should be able to go out under uh, the aspect of a good Christian life. And with those three things, there's no reason for them to go back. And everybody that has left the house, everyone that has left the house before those three things that have been accomplished, had called and wanted to come back at some point. Uh, I want to say something about when I first met Terry in prison. Um, Before I met him, I had got the word that we had somebody uh, on the unit that was considered a knockout artist. And when I met Terry, I looked at him and I said, no, it can't be him. Uh, But it was Terry. He was known on his units before he came to Ramsey too, as a knockout artist. And I'm done. (laughs) All right, man. Good deal. Hey, well, hey, we only got a few minutes for the live stream, though. We can continue talking after that, but I would like to say a prayer uh, before the time's over, if y'all don't mind. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, my queen and my mother, I give myself to you. And to show my devotion to you, I consecrate to you this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being. Without reserve, wherefore, good mother, as I am your own, keep me and guard me as your property and possession. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, go ahead, Amen. brother. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all. That was. We very much appreciate your um, your support and your interest in our program, and um, may God continue to bless yours. Thank you. Yes, thank sir, you. This is, and this is what 
taking it to the streets is all about. Taking it, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the streets. That's what this is Amen. all about. Not, I mean, you know, and, and, and I would like to have you all on again uh, sometime in the future. I mean, just uh, we talk. So give me a call whenever you all are available. You all are always welcome on my show. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll, we'll take you up on that. Definitely. All Amen. right. Bless you, y'all. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful week. Thank you very much. Thank you, too. You, too. All good, right. Good talking God bless. to both of you.